and welcome to episode 43 of the Crochet Circle podcast. This one is called Monogamous Me. How are you all doing? I am waving at you. Hello, audio people. I hope you're waving back. Catherine, if you're car, in your car, give the horn a little beep. Um, I know lots of people wave back, so I'm waving at you. <laughs> um, how are you all doing? I hope you're well. It's June, the weather's kind of nice on a UK basis. Um, and it's been a busy old month. I say that every month because... It's always a busy old month because I'm always like going at it 19 to the dozen and I, I don't really slow up ever. Um, what do I need to tell you? My name's Faye. I do show notes for this podcast at www.crochetcirclepodcast.podbean.com um, and all the links are in there. I've already done the show notes, so I know that all the links are in there for the patterns that I'm going to talk about, for the yarns that I'm going to talk about, and there will be supporting photos. They, they might just be a little bit late because I'm late recording, and tomorrow morning at some unearthly hour, I'm driving down to Devon to go and find it, the John Arbin um, open mill weekend. So... I'm not sure how much I'm going to get done because it's nearly four o'clock in the afternoon on Thursday and I'm just recording tomorrow's podcast. <laughs> uh, I don't know why I'm so late. Well, I mean, I've been busy, but I don't know why I'm so late. Why have I left it to the last minute other than I clearly love pressure? So, yeah, just shut up and get on with it, Fee. Right, in uh, this month's podcast, I have got a couple of old dog new tricks for you. Um, a bit of an update on the Perth um, Project Runway project that I'm on and I have got quite a few finished objects in, in uh, Final Destinations, some en route for you. What else is there? Quick news beats, big up and j'adore. Right, let's just get on with it then with um, Old Dog New Tricks. So today's Old Dog New Tricks is all about frogging projects and then how you can reskin your yarn. I had knitted a top out of linen and because I was a stupid crafter and I didn't wet block um, and swatch my project before I made it, it grew to be about two to three times the size. And it sat in my wardrobe for maybe about a year and a half, two years and I haven't worn it and so I decided to frog it. I actually got the um, help of my friend Beck because she quite likes untangling things and I don't have the patience for it so she actually frogged it for me. Um, and what that resulted in were lots of little balls of yarn that had quite a lot of kinks in them. So I'm showing up some linen that's really, really wavy because it has previously been knitted with um, stocking stitch. And whilst you could start to crochet and knit from that straight away, on experience I would say that I think that actually affects the final fabric that you get. And I'm basing this on the experience that I've had of knitting straight from a sock blank, a pair of socks. That pair of socks, the fabric feels different, the tension differs um, throughout the sock and it's just not as nice and neat as I would expect it to be had I just worked from a normal cake of yarn. So what I want to do is talk about um, how you can reskein 
and get your yarn back to being kink free. <laughs> um, and the first thing that you need to do is actually reskin it. So that I tend to use the um, backs of two of our dining chairs and I'm looking for the um, length to be about 80 centimetres to a metre. And what I would do is start with one end of the yarn and hold it and then start winding the other all the way around the chair. And then eventually I can let go of that end and I just keep on winding. You can get up quite a bit of speed with it. it you can be quite speedy with it when you need to be. Um, and I do that until all of the ball has been um, wound into um, what is essentially a skein. Then you tie the two ends together and I would tie it in a further one or two places. Otherwise when you wet the skein of yarn um, you'll find that it can get really tangled up. So... Um, what I've done is linked in the show notes to a video by Hugh Local on how she skeins because she actually does it with her umbrella swift. She puts it onto the back of a chair. So that's another method that you can go and look at. That video is really quick. It's only about six, maybe six minutes. But in there she also talks about how she um, ties skeins together. And I would suggest having a look at it uh, for that as well because then you, you know that you're doing the best thing before you pop it into the water. So once you have done that, you should have, because these came off the back of my chair, when you open it out, you should have basically a round of yarn. And then what you're going to do is pop that into lukewarm water I popped um, wool wash into mine just because I wanted to give it a clean um, and then I left it for about 20 minutes and after that I just took the water out, I didn't rinse it because I don't need to with the wool wash that I sell and, um, and what I did was basically kind of squeeze the yarn through my hands. And what that tends to do is get a lot of the excess moisture out. And then after that, I just grabbed an S-hook and popped, trying to make sure that I wasn't tangling up the skein. Go to where, where one of the ties is, make sure that I've got the right yarns going in the right direction so that I'm not tangling it. Popped it onto an S-hook and put that S-hook outside into my washing line. Now I would recommend doing this outside because gravity will take its effect and the water will start to drip out of it and it's amazing how much water a skein of yarn can still retain even when you've squeezed out um, what you think is most of it. And I left it out there pretty much for most of the day. Now I actually had two skeins that I had washed and I did a little bit of a test. One I weighted down and one I didn't and I could see the difference when they were dry between the one that was weighted down and the one that um, wasn't. So I'm just going to do a little test and see if I can tell which is which now. Um, because there's not that much in it, but there is a little bit. So the one in my right hand is the one that wasn't weighted down. And the one in my left hand is the one that was. And there is like a very small difference between the one that wasn't weighted has still got just a couple of little kinks in it and this is linen that I'm talking about so that's maybe part of it 
and I weighted it down just with one of our camping torches. I was looking for something that was fairly portable and heavy, um, but not massive. So that was just like the perfect thing. And it had a handle so I could just, again, put it on another S-hook and weight that down at the bottom of the skein. And it took, it was a lovely drying day, so it probably took maybe about four to five hours for that to dry out completely. And that is then ready for me to um, reskin up and add back into my stash. Now, one of the other things that you get shown in that video from um, Hugh Loco is how she actually reskins her yarn. Um, to make it into a really nice looking skein. So if you've ever wondered how to do that, all of that information is in that video. So I would go and give it a look. That is how I would recommend you get your frog yarn back into a really good condition, pop it back into your stash, and then it's ready for another project. Um, so I did that with a top. I also frogged my calm cowl, which I did for one of our Christmas Eve um, hook-alongs because I just, I wasn't wearing it and I know that I will make um, a pair of socks out of this yarn and wear it a lot more. I've just been going through my wardrobe and looking at the things that I wear and the things that I don't and trying to do something positive with the things that I no longer wear. And I've noticed on Instagram quite a few other people are doing that and I'm wondering if it's the um, Marie Kondo effect, whether that's what everybody's up to. They're just rationalising what is in their wardrobes, what they use, what they don't use. And frogging is part of that because you don't want to just give away your hard work that you've crocheted and knitted. Um, so yes, if you're on the same page and you're doing the same, that's how you can get your yarn back into tip-top condition, ready for another project. I do have a second, very quick, old dog new tricks for you. Because I learned this the other week and it blew my mind. And then I put it up on Instagram saying, am I the last person on earth to know this trick? And apparently I wasn't because loads of you told me that you didn't know about it either. So I thought I would mention it here because, get ready, those of you that know it will be like, oh, I've known that for years, why didn't you know that? And those that didn't will be like, oh, magic. So, when you have a spool of Gutemann thread, there's this odd little bit at the bottom and I've looked at it so many times going, I don't understand why that's different. Here's why. It actually untwists and when you take it off it's got like a little nozzle cone end and you can keep your needle and thread inside there or you can use it to place the end of your yarn so that you can always find it and pop the top back on and then you know where the end of your thread is or you've secured your needle. I know. It's magic. People don't seem to know these things. And I can't remember who you were, sorry, but you said that you work in a, a shop that sells Gutemann threads and you can never, you tell everybody about it and you can never quite believe how many people that are even like professional tailors that don't know this trick with Gutemann threads. When my friend Joe showed it to me, I was just like, it's witchcraft. It's actual witchcraft. <laughs> but it's such a good idea. There you go. Old dog new tricks.
Right, moving on to Perth Project Runway. <laughs> a little update. Last month, I asked you all for your suggestions of a crocheted garment that I could um, crochet up and wear down the walkway at Perth Festival of Yarn. I've had so many amazing suggestions. Thank you. I have pulled together a full bundle of them. I don't think I've missed anything off. I think I've got every single suggestion that you've given me. Um, some of them I couldn't because I just couldn't track down the designer or it might have been linked to a crochet magazine and it, the um, individual pattern wasn't available on its own. But everything that I I could, I have tracked into that bundle. So if you go into the Crochet Circle Ravelry group, up at the top right hand side, you will see um, an area called Bundles and in there there is one for Perth Festival of Yarn, I think it's called Perth Project Runway, something like that. And in there are all of the garments that you have suggested for me to crochet up. And I have now narrowed it down to five different garments and what happens now is you vote you get to decide so by the time this podcast goes live I will have created a Ravelry thread and in that Ravelry thread I will pop up um, a photo of each of the designs and all I need you to do is go in and press the love button on the one that you prefer and I will then tot up all of the answers from Ravelry and I'm going to do the same on Instagram so I will put a post up and then I will put up five subsequent posts and you go to the one that you prefer and you hit the like button so at the end of um, a week because I've basically got until don't know where time's going but it's right a week tomorrow so a week on Friday which will be the 14th I think 14th of June um, is when I'm going to see Bernie at Bearded Sheep's Clothing when we're both vending at Woolen just outside of Dublin and that's when I pick up the yarn so I need to have an answer by then as to um, which garment it is that I'm making so it's open for a week it will be open Friday through to Friday and um, Bernie has already dyed up some of the yarn for me. It's going to be a sprucey blue colour. So you know the underside of a Christmas tree and it's got that greyish blue, almost slightly lavender colour to it. That's the colour that she has dyed up for me. But I will also be able to share with you photos of the colourway because Bernie's going to send me photos in the morning which I will um I probably won't be able to attach in here because I won't have them on time but I will pop them on the Ravelry thread and on the Instagram thread. So bear in mind when you're voting the colours that I'm going to be using and I've already chatted with her and shown her that there are some two colour options for the garments as well so she knows that I might be um swapping up some of the colours. So, would you like to know what the five different options are? I'm going to pop them up on the screens as well so you can see them and I will also be adding them to the show notes and I've linked to them all in the show notes as well so you can go and see them on Ravelry. Number one 
is called The Citizen Pullover and it's by a lady called Kabila Sri Punasami. And it's beautiful. It's um, two coloured, in stripes, quite a long, um, kind of cut sleeved, but quite a long jumper top. And I think it will look beautiful in the yarn that I have chosen with Bernie, which is 50% um, Corydale and 50% mohair. So it's going to have a real halo to it and be warm and fluffy and look luxurious with some luster to it. And I think that would look really nice in this garment. Now, I can't have a favourite because I don't get to vote. You decide what it is that I'm wearing. Number two is called the Lisa Pullover and that is by Julia... Tkacheva, Tkacheva, I think, T-K-A-C-H-E-V-A. So Lisa Pullover by Yulia Tkacheva. And that has almost got like a basket weave to it. It's self-coloured, basket weave, really lovely texture to it. I've tried to pick five quite different garments so that, um, but they're all ones that I would be happy to crochet and wear, but I want five different things going forward. Number three is Blurred Lines by Adidas Designs by Diane, um, which I'm sure most of you have heard of and have seen. It's a really lovely jumper. I like um, Diane's designs. I know that her patterns are good and I know that she's a fan of long sleeves, which um, I am also a fan of. Number four is the Bark Sweater by Sidsel Sanglid and I know that quite a few of you like this but I suspect that quite a few of you have never seen this sweater before. It's beautiful, it's really lovely and um, so I was really chuffed when so many of you suggested this one for me because it's exactly the kind of garment that I want to be making, crocheted garment. Number five is the Brunei top by Elven Handmade. It's quite lacy and it's got a nice little tie at the back so I could make it um, tighter fitting under the bust which is something I'm always looking for and it's got kind of um, half sleeves on it as well. So really nice top. So within those five we've got long and stripy, textured basket weave with a nice neckline and cap sleeves. We've got blurred lines which is a full sweater We've got the bark sweater, which is a full sweater again, but quite an open, um, lacy texture to it. And then we've got the Brunei top, which is um, lace work and pulled in. It's almost got like um, a 1950s vibe for it. So five garments that are really quite different from each other and all of which I love and kind of were real standouts for me in all of the lovely garments that you sent me through. There were about another, I would say, five that I was really keen on, but I had to filter it down based on thinking about um, sleeve length, how close they would have been to my underarms, whether there were decreases in the bust, just really looking at what I know about garment construction and things that I think are more likely to suit me. Because, as we know, this is going down the runway at Perth Festival of Yarn and I really want to properly represent crochet and show people how beautiful crochet is and that, that it's every bit as worthy of gorgeous yarn from Bernie as knitting is and other crafts. I really want to 
pushed the boat for crochet on this one and I think this is doing it in such a lovely positive manner I'm really excited so get voting I don't get to decide you'll be able to see the numbers as much as I can on Instagram and on Ravelry and whatever you decide that's what we get and in the very unlikely um, event that we have got um, two running on exactly the same totals I will just do a quick poll on Instagram to say right which one is it but that would be next Friday so the closing time is going to probably be Friday morning let's say Thursday night because the event starts on Friday and I am making a beeline for Bernie's stand. She's already got these skeins put aside for me, but if I need to um, change some of them out for a different colour, then I need um, I need to be able to do that. And I suspect that as soon as she puts this yarn out, it's going to sell really quickly because it's making its first outing at Woolen. Looks amazing like I am a sucker for mohair and uh, this mohair and Cordydale mix just looks so good so I'm confident that all of the garments I've chosen will work really nicely with this yarn so vote away tell me what it is that you want me to hooking, be hooking and then wearing at Perth Festival of Yarn so excited <laughs> right that's those bits done we're on to final destination I have been like a little crochet ninja over the last few days few weeks even I have finished uh, my fallen leaf socks about time eight months it's taken me to do this um, the pink one I had finished a few months ago. I was reasonably quick off the mark with that one. And I think I've shown it on the podcast already. Like, oh look, I've done one and I'll have the second one done in no time, probably, for the next podcast. And then not. But it's done now. So the pattern is called Fallen Leaves by Vicky Brown. And um, the only alteration that I did was I moved down hook sizes. I think I went down to a three mil and I did a knitted rib up at the top rather than a crocheted one just because I think a knitted rib actually sits better and is less bulky. So that's the change that I made. And the reason that they are two different colours is because um, one is superwash and one is non-superwash. So, the pink one is called Darkly Raspberry. That is a non-superwash sock and it is 80% Corridale and 20% nylon. So it's still got nylon in there, but it's not been superwash treated. Whereas the blue kind of speckledy one with um, green in it is called Forest Skies and that one is superwash treated and it's got the same blend so it's 80% Corridale, 20% nylon. What this allows me to do is wear them both at the same time and test and see um, whether they wear differently with the superwash or not because everybody would tell you that um, superwash um, basically allows for greater durability especially with something like a sock so I want to actually test that out. So I will be doing that with these. Um, 
I will report back. It will be months before I report back on this because we're now coming into the summer months and um, I'm highly unlikely to be actually wearing socks like this for a while. I'm actually in a dress today. My legs are out. I epilated them this morning because they, they were winter hairy <laughs> and I wasn't going to wear a dress with um, like hedgehogs running up and down my legs. So they're nice and smooth now, but I don't need to wear socks with them because I'm in dresses. But I will report back and let you know how we get on with them. So that is final destination number one. Number two is being modelled by Claude, my lovely mannequin. And you will have heard me talk about this in the last podcast, but I wasn't able to show you the yarn colours. And it is another Doppio Colosseum because, you know, there aren't enough of them in the world. And it was a special yarn colourway that Rivernets dyed up for Kate at Northern Yarn. And I said I would whip up a quick Doppio Colosseum for her. And this is heading to her shop. Now, what she had dyed up was her um, Pull Dorset Lambswool yarn, which is called Jennet, which is quite a plump um, lamb's wool so because of that um, I actually moved up to I think a 3.5mm hook to make this version of Doppio Colosseum but it is quite bright greens in with forest greens it's almost like every green possible in one colourway I don't quite know how Becky's managed that but it's got those sprucey greens that I've just been talking about as well quite bright acid greens in there too bit of everything so I managed to finally finish that off. I don't know why I haven't sent it to her yet, but I haven't. Um, so that got done and washed and blocked and it smells amazing. And then the other thing that I was working on is actually a new design. I think I might have mentioned that I'm, I was doing the design for Yarn Folk which is a festival in Northern Ireland, which is on on the 3rd of August. This will be the third year that I've gone there to vend, and I really enjoy it. It's a very chilled-out festival. It's a very local festival. Um, visitors are amazing. They're really into crochet. Like, this is the only festival that I go to where... I feel like the audience is predominantly crocheters. Louise also has a shop in the town of Whitehead, which is where the festival is in Northern Ireland. And like she says, most of her customer base is crocheters, which is so unusual. I really enjoy doing that festival, not just for that reason, because they're just so lovely and friendly. It's the kind of place where you turn up and you go to set up your stand and then loads of people come in and they all bring a dish and then they just tell you and say, well, it's lunchtime, so come and join us. And you won't have brought anything because you're vending, but you'll be made to feel welcome and they'll pull up a chair for you and a plate of food and they've all made the most amazing like home-cooked food and they just share what they've got with you. And it's just, it's a really lovely place to come and visit. So if you're in uh, Northern Ireland or you're in Southern Ireland and you're close to the border and you fancy a wee jolly out Yarn Folk Festival on the 3rd of August is lovely 
So towards the end of last year's festival, Louise said that she wanted to have a pattern for the 2019 festival and she asked whether I would be interested in doing it. Of course I am. And Whitehead, the town where it's held, is like a Victorian seaside town. It's not a particularly old town. And along the shorefront, they've got coloured houses, very colourful houses. And some of them have got really quite high-pitched roofs. They're very distinct. And if you typed in Whitehead into, you know, a search engine like Google, that is what will come up for Whitehead. You'll just see, like, photo upon photo with these bright-coloured houses. And so I really wanted to get that into the design. And so what I have designed is a shawl and each end of a stripe ends with a house tip, basically a roof. It's quite difficult to show this off and I have got photos in the show notes. But you can see each stripe, each colour change has got its own little roof tip. And uh, around the same time that I was talking to Louise about it, John and Juliet brought out their new Exmoor sock yarn and I wanted to crochet something with it. And so um, this is what I decided to do because the sock yarn actually comes in 50 gram hanks, which allowed me to create a design that would use 50 gram hanks, um, which means that you're not having to buy 100 grand hanks for doing colour work. And um, so this shawl uses 150 grams of the main colour, which is quite a stormy grey-blue colour, real depth to it. It's definitely blue, but it's a very dark grey-blue. And then it's got quite a bright, not quite acid green, it's kind of like a slurry green. And then a nice raspberry pink as well. And it works in stripes where the the main colour, the blue, is six row stripes. And then the green is four. Back to six row stripes of the blue. And then into four rows of the pink. And then back to the blue. So you're alternating from the main colour to a different colour. And then the different colours alternate from the green to the pink. I really love it. Sometimes when you're designing, and anybody who's listening to this that to designs other things, not just crochet, you start on a project and you're not quite sure about it. And you get to the end of that project and you're either like, I really love you, or I'm just not sure. And like more often than not, it's not until you get to the very end, you've washed it, you've blocked it, you try it on, and you don't know which way that coin is going to flip. And with this one, I did it and I put it on. I was like, oh, I love you. <laughs> oh, I really like you. I'm chuffed with you. I like how you get the roof houses coming down and the way it drapes down the front. I like that it's a long, big shawl. Um, it's It comes out after it's blocked about, I think... 185 centimeters something like that so it's a proper size shawl for wrapping around it will come down further on one shoulder if you want to wear it in that way you can wear it like more of a um, triangular shawl if that's what you prefer I also designed it so that it wasn't particularly gender specific so 
you could use any colours that you want on this and um, it doesn't matter what your gender is. I think it would work really well. And also, one of the things I really love about it is the stitch pattern that I used. So, it's interesting because Sophie, I, I put a little sneak peek of it up on um, Instagram and Sophie came back and said, is that Tunisian? I thought, no, 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 it is not. What it is, is a stitch called half treble, half double in US, half treble herringbone. And it creates a really nicely defined stitch. And what I really like about it is that it's it's quite a flat, yet it's not particularly open, so it's not lacy. But a bit like linen stitch, it's got space to breathe. So unlike a double crochet, um, it's not a dense fabric that it creates. It feels really nice and lightweight, which is the kind of crochet that I like. It's why I tend towards um, half treble, half double crochet stitches, because it doesn't have that density to it and you get a lovely usable fabric. And I think this is no exception. I'm really pleased with it. But I could see this also being worked up with variegated yarns. So it could be a really good stash buster for you. So it would be 150 grams of the main, 50 grams of whatever you would swap out for the green, 50 grams of whatever you would swap out for the pink. Um, yeah, I'm really chuffed with it actually and I've shown it to Louise and she seems to like it as well so that's good. And I'm going to take it down to show um, all the Ardens this weekend and see what they make of it. But yeah, I like it. And again, it smells amazing because I've washed and blocked it. But this is very, very wearable, I think. I enjoyed it a lot. So this is going to be free of charge to those that are going to the festival. You will get a Ravelry download code as part of the festival programme. Um, so come along and you can get this pattern. And after the festival, I will also make sure that it goes up onto Ravelry and it will be available on my website and I'll do hard copies of it as well. So it will be available, but I just don't want to make it available until after um, your Folk Festival has been on because I don't think that would be fair. Um, so I'll probably talk about it again in the August podcast and let you know that it's gone live. Yeah. Maybe I should tell you what it's going to be called. So obviously it's based on the town of Whitehead, but I didn't think a shawl that sounded like a spot was particularly pleasing. Um, so then I started looking at the local area and I looked at the street that the houses were on and it's called Marine Parade. And I was like, well, <laughs> that's not the name of a shawl. That doesn't equate to the shawl that I've got here. And then I looked at what the um, Gaelic was for... Whitehead, and that is Kinbane. They say I'm probably butchering that again. And not um, far up the road on the Antrim Coast, along from Whitehead, is an actual castle called Kinbane Castle, which means Whitehead up there, and it's called Whitehead because um, I think the castle was white, and that's what they called it. So that's what I have called the shawl. It's called Kinbane because it gives me a link back to the town without having a shawl that's named after a spot or a marine parade. So 
can be that is. It's my new favourite. I really like it. I love stripes. Anything stripey. And I can't help myself. That is it though for Final Destinations. That's enough though, isn't it? Like that's quite a bit. So onwards with en route. I only have one to show you because, as we know, I am a monogamous crafter now. I only have one crochet and one knitting project on the go at any one time. It's amazing how much you get through when you just concentrate on one thing at a time uh, rather than toing and froing. And I, I'm keeping on one knitting and one crocheting because sometimes you just want to change things up and that allows me to still do that with um, my craft and have different hand movements but still go back to that one project and really get through it. So I'm going to attempt to keep this up because I think it's making a difference to the speed that I'm crafting or it feels like I am. It feels like my I, my... Certainly my output, like my finished object's output, seems greater through being a monogam monogamous crafter. Two words I really struggle with. Monogamous and... <laughs> Apocalyptic? Apocalyptic. Apocalypse, yeah. Well, I can do it today. Monogamous apocalypse. Maybe it's something about the, the vowels and the consonants together. Back to my um, en route, I'm making another version of Aria. So I've done it previously. The one that I designed for um, the actual pattern was in River Knits using Mermaid and Brilliant Fuchsia for the triangular spine that runs down the centre of the shawl. And because I'm heading off down to Devon to the John Arbor weekend, I thought it would be quite nice to try and do more samples of my patterns in their yarns. I mean, I already do a lot in their yarns, but I thought how great would it be for their visitors to come along and see more crochet in their yarns and, you know, spawn a few more crocheters out there um, during the course of this weekend. So I went, took to my stash and looked at what I had in, in the correct numbers to be able to do another aria. And I just so happened to have 200 grams of their Harvest Chews in the colourway Russet, which is exactly as it sounds. It's russet coloured. <laughs> um, it's a kind of brownie orange and it's got real orange flecks in it and nice little dark flecks in it as well. And I'm pairing that off with their deep bluey green colour, which is called Blue Spruce. And it's quite a, really quite a dark um, greeny blue colour. And I love these colours together. They're very wee. But also I think that the colour change between the two is actually quite nice and subtle. And I like that. It's not in your face like it is in Mermaid. You know, the difference between the pink and the variegated Mermaid is really quite obvious. And I think it's a lot more subtle in this version. And I'm enjoying it. It's so soft. This yarn is just beautiful to work with. Um, it's a mixture of, I think it's Merino and Sparkles. 
something like 65% million or 35% fireplace. And it's just so soft. It's an amazing price. Considering this is spun in Devon, I think it's only £14 per 100 grams, which is a great price um, for something that's got such good provenance as well. I told myself that I would probably have this shawl done for Friday, which is tomorrow. As we already know, it's really late in the day. It's probably about 20 past four now on Thursday. The podcast is due tomorrow at 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm due to be on the road to Devon at half eight tomorrow morning. Haven't yet packed the car. Haven't packed my overnight bag. Haven't done anything useful. Well, that's not true. I've baked. And I've worked really hard on other bits and pieces. But, like, I'm woefully behind. So why on earth I thought, oh yeah, I'll just... Hook up a shawl in no time at all. This takes 20 hours to make. Where did I think I was going to get 20 hours from? I th- I think I need looking at, honestly. I think I am ridiculous um, just thinking I'm superwoman and I can do all the things. So we'll see. I might put this up on Instagram stories and show you how far I get between like, now and Sunday. <laughs> um. I just don't think it's going to be a done shawl. However, I will quite happily stand there at the open weekend crocheting away on this. And um, I think it might also be this weekend um, knitting crochet in public day on Saturday. So I'll work away on that and fly the flag for crochet while I'm down at their, um, their open weekend. I'm sure I'll be spending time, you know, selling my goods as well, but... If it gets a little bit quieter and I'm not supping tea and eating cake, I'll be working on audio. So that is my only crochet en route. Because I'm monogamous. Um, yeah. I feel quite smug about that. Monogamous me. <laughs> uh, right. Is that it for that? I think that is. One, two... Feeding the habit. And then Russell, and apologies for that. It's because the yarn that I want to show you is in a poly bag, and it's in a bag because we've got moths again. I'll talk more about that in quick news beats. Um, everything is getting bagged up and protected. So when I was at um, Yarn Yarndale <laughs> last year. I was talking to a lady called Kim and she has a company called Town End Yarns um, and Kim basically her yarns specialise in having alpaca as part of their blend so she knows quite a lot about yarn, yarn blends and adding alpaca and I'm interested in uh, what alpaca can do for a sock yarn because I've heard um, reports and bl- read blogs on how it can be really hard wearing, how um, it can deal with moisture control and that if you add alpaca then you have got far less need of nylon and as we know I'm really interested in the effect of reduced nylon, no nylon and superwash and what that can do for a sock yarn in particular. So I'd been asking Kim because she was the one person that I knew that was going to be vending at Yarn Deal that um, dealt with alpaca and had previously had a no nylon 
alpaca blend yarn. She didn't have any there and then, um, and she said she would get in touch when she had got some back in. Now, the other thing about Kim is that when um, John and Juliet Arbin were um, do, uh, selling off their sock business, it's Kim that bought it. So this lady knows rather a lot about alpaca blends and socks, which is exactly what I need to know. So what she's done is sent me some of her Cumbria sock yarn. And it is, I'm going to show you the label and I'll take photos of it as well. But it is 47% British alpaca, 43% local blueface Leicester wool and 10% nylon. So that's quite a decent reduction in nylon, um, I think. And it's 400 metres per 100 grams, which is 437 yards. Um, so generally a sock yarn is about 25% nylon, 25% nylon, and then it can be superwash treated on top of that. So this isn't superwash treated um, and it's only got 10% nylon. So I am intrigued to try it out. And Kim sent me some of her colour, which is pink, and the other one is just called neutral. Um for those that are listening for my own entertainment I have just held the balls the cakes up at my head so I kind of look like Mickey Mouse but don't really <laughs> I might have had too much coffee Um, so with these two I'm going to knit socks and the reason I'm going to knit rather than crochet is I'm far quicker at knitting socks as we've just discovered 8 months people took me 8 months to do my fallen leaf socks and I've probably knitted eight pairs of socks in that time. So I'm going to knit them and then test out how well this yarn performs um, because of the reduced nylon content. There's another good reason for me knitting these is because I've knitted so many other pairs of socks um, to test out other nylon um blends and no nylon blends and so it gives me an even footing of understanding how well they do or don't last um yeah i will report back but i suspect these will be on my needles rather quickly and as ever the other thing that i will do is crochet something up with it as well so i can report back and tell you how well the yarn crochets because if you would like to crochet socks or do other things with it, then I'd like to be able to give you some pointers on that. Um, it's lovely soft yarn. As you would expect, it's alpaca and blueface Leicester, both known for their softness. And because it's alpaca, you do get this lovely bit of halo that comes off it. And um, yeah, it's just, it feels really nice. It feels really quite luxurious, actually. So... Yeah, I'm looking forward to trying this out and having having it on my feet. Um, but I'd love to know if you've got any other suggestions of um, reduced nylon blends of yarn. It would be good to get some pointers. So we've got the Catherine um, Craftinoon Treat stuff that I talked about earlier in the show. We've got this stuff for the alpaca. I've still got a skein up in my stash from Nikki You Felty Thing, which was silk and alpaca, and I need to do that as well. But do you have any other suggestions? Um, I'm still testing out the wool and nettle blend 
that seems to be going really nicely. Hard wearing, don't have any issues, goes through the washing machine, no problem. But all of this is leading into me being able to give some very good pointers, hopefully, on reduced nylon blends. That is it for feeding the habit. That's all there is. I'm making that sound like I'm being really virtuous. I'm not. It's because I know what I'm going to this weekend. Like, they keep all of their millens and then they have it all there for the open weekend and you can get amazing blends of yarn that you would never get from um, John and Juliet at a normal event. There's just so much stuff. They put on little specials. There are end of lines of things. The prices are usually ridiculous. And I know that I'm going to be coming back home this weekend on Sunday night with stuff from John Arbon Textiles. So I've tried to be really good this month to just be in preparation for this weekend. And then the weekend after I'm at Woolen as well. So I know it's going to be a really naughty June and then I'll calm the beans again. But So I've tried to rein it right in for me because, as we know, I don't need more yarn. Um. Right, that's it. Feeding the habit done. Let's see what next month brings. Scooting on to quick news bits. Um, I've got three quick things for you. One is the global hookup. I've had to change the date for this because when I set them back in January, I hadn't realised, well, I didn't know I was going to be vending at Woolen. And now I'm vending at Woolen. <laughs> so I've changed it to... Um, a week later, so it's going to be Saturday the 22nd of June at 8 o'clock British summer time, that's in the evening, and then again on Sunday the 23rd of June at 9 in the morning British summer time again. I've already changed it on Ravelry, so if you've looked in there previously, go back, all of the details are in there with the new times. I put it at the beginning of the thread and it's also the latest thread, so times and details are in there and I need to change it on Instagram. Um, second thing is thank you to those that are taking me up on the pay what you can on my patterns on my website um, it's nice to see people using it so basically my patterns are now between two and six pounds and you pay what you can afford normally they would be four pounds if you pay more than you if you can afford to pay more then pay more and if you can't then pay less and equally in the Craft Bank um, Ravelry group thread, um, I've given my details there for if you can't afford the £2, the, so the lower end, then you just get in contact with me and I will send it to you for free. Um, so to those that have taken me up on that offer already, fantastic, good for you. Um, and if you're in the same position, then please just get in touch. The details are in the craft bank group on Ravelry on how you can get in touch with me. But take me up on my offer, it's a genuine offer. Um, and number three, the carpet moths are back. I really thought we'd got rid of them last year because I was um, persistent with the cleaning down of that area where the carpet moths were. And then we hadn't, we don't, we don't tend to use our living room, so I hadn't been in there for weeks. And then I went in and there was a moth flying around and um, when I looked back down in that area where the carpet moths had been last time round, 
there were more um, of the little kind of larvae chrysalis shells and so that was it hoover out get going and there is the biggest spider down there as well who's clearly feasting on moths i hate spiders with a passion i'm really not a fan of spiders and normally they'd be hoyed out of the house this one i've kept because frankly what would you rather have moths or a spider eating moth i'll take the spider eating moth please you may stay in my house um so yeah on it again with um, moth prevention so that's being hoovered down every night because clearly the ones that we've got had been lying dormant right the way through the winter months and the temperatures come back up and they have hatched so just be really vigilant because moths will eat through your stash the larvae will chomp right through your stash and you can lose basically all of your yarn if you're not careful said it on the podcast before i will say it again if you want to look after your stash i um have a stash room it's called my stash palace i know that i don't have any moths in there so before anything is allowed to pass into my stash palace i put it into a um, sealable bag so like a ziploc bag what i then do is put that into the freezer for five days leave it in there for five days take it back out leave it zipped up leave it in the bag and let it defrost and leave it out for five days and what that means is that any larvae that have survived the initial five-day freeze should then hatch over the five-day period and then you're going to refreeze it again for a further five days so this is a 15-day treatment five days in the freezer five days out five days back in the freezer and that is what will kill off any larvae that you might have sitting in that stash. So then, once I've done this, I can reintroduce these yarns into my stash palace. But if I take anything out of my stash palace and I don't put it in a Ziploc bag, I then have to go through that 15-day treatment again before it's allowed back into my stash palace. Um, because, frankly, I've got a lot of money's worth of yarn sat in that room and if moths started on it I'd, although my yarn is covered with orange students it would be a bind and I wouldn't be able to get some of those yarns again so be vigilant there is a real issue with moths in the UK I know London has been horrendously hit with um, carpet moths so and you won't see them. They're in the little dark recesses when it's quiet and warm and snuggly and you won't see them until it's too late. So pull your stuff out, make sure you don't have moths and larvae in there and then do the freezer treatment. That's how you will help to get rid of them and just keep on disinfecting. Hoovering is the best thing you can do to um, get them out because it's just the easier, easiest way to capture them. But don't fall foul of moths. Right, that's it for quick news beats, which leads me on to Big Up. And I wanted to take this opportunity to say thank you to Lindsay from Phoenix Occupational Health. She is really, really busy. She's self-employed, she's got a team, and she took time out to come and be interviewed for the podcast. We sat out in my garden um, for a couple of hours, putting the world to rights and talking 
through how you can look after yourself whilst you're crafting and I asked her all of the questions that you had given me and we've got a really nice interview um, from that session. It's going to be July before I actually get that out and it will be done as a separate ep um, episode. Um, so it'll be done as an interview episode rather than as part of the standard podcast. So at some point in July that will come out. There's a lot of really good information in there but um, delivered hopefully in a very fun and friendly manner because that's the way that Lindsay is. She's just an absolute gem. Um, so one of the things that I discovered when I was talking to Lindsay is that she's only just started um, making curries and cooking um, Indian cuisine. So um, what I have done to say a thank you from all of us because she's here and helping all of us, I... Um, use some of the money from the Kofi account you know you help to support this podcast through that account I use some of that money to buy her some second-hand um, Indian cookbooks from my favourite Indian recipe writers a lady called Anjumanand and she's amazing I've provided a link to her website in the show notes because if you're looking for really amazing um, Indian food I just think um, and Jim's stuff is gorgeous really lovely food and I knew it was a good go-to space for Lindsay who's just starting out um, with Indian cookery so we we as in those crochet clan folk um, bought her three Indian cookbooks to say thank you second-hand ones because you know it's good to reuse um, so she's got three lovely cookbooks going her way to say thank you for taking the time out to be interviewed for the podcast so thank you to Lindsay it was really good and like I say hopefully you'll see the fun that we had um, when you see the July episode and oh yeah there's one more little big up it was Claudia Crochet Luna's birthday this week so just a quick one to say happy birthday my friend I hope you had a good one Happy, happy birthday. And the final one is J'adore. And what I am adoring this month is my laser cutter. I got my laser cutter a year ago and I saw a photo on Instagram of me unboxing it and it gave me such a massive kick up the backside because I was like, I haven't produced half the stuff that I expected to produce with that machine. And I, yes, I've been getting to grips with it and I've, you know, I've learned an awful lot about it, but I hadn't produced some of the key items that I bought it to do. So this week was the week. I love it. So what I've been working on is a new needle gauge and ruler and swatch checker. And I have done one for knitting. And once I'd sorted that out and made sure that the whole sizes were correct and that everything lined up and, you know, 15 centimetres actually was 15 centimetres, then I created a crochet one as well. Because you know me, I will never just do something that is for knitting with my company. It will always have a crochet alternative as well. And so I have done one for crochet hooks too. And of course it's got a crochet hook on it in case people didn't know it was for crochet hooks. But it will go from 2mm all the way up to 10mm. Um, and it's very similar to the knitting one, other than you need an open space to get your um, crochet hooks into. 
And the other thing that I worked on is a little kind of keyring thing with um, crochet conversions, which give you the symbols and tell you what the stitch um, differences are between UK terminology and US terminology. So just something that you can attach to your project bags and um, always have that there as a little reckoner. Because even sometimes I'm like, I can't... Sometimes my brain just goes into a fog and I just cannot remember what the differences are from one to the other. And if I'm working from a, an American pattern, that can be quite difficult when you're just trying to constantly do that conversion in your mind. So yeah, that's what I'm loving my... I feel like I'm finally doing my laser cutter justice and that through getting it, I'm able to fulfil what I want, which is actually crochet content and making sure that crocheters are being serviced properly and also things like um trying to create something with functionality so whether you're left or right-handed it works the same way for everyone basically so trying to create functionally inclusive pieces for my shop yeah and it smells amazing so that's what i'm loving more things to come out if you've got any suggestions if you think there's something missing on the market that could be laser cut uh let me know and i'll have a bash at it sock blockers that are given <laughs> like i know they're coming i just don't think they need to be in solid wood so i need to find a way of doing ply um wood for sock blockers um yeah if you have any suggestions let me know i will gladly work on bits and pieces with my new toy that I've had for 12 months that I'm finally happy with. <laughs> right, done. Done and done and done. I hope you all have amazing um, time over the next few weeks. I know that I'm going to see some of you this weekend in Devon and I know that I'm going to see some of you at Woolen in um, the week after, just north of Dublin. And I might even see some of you at Wolfest, which is in Cumbria at the end of June. I'm not vending there as me, but I'm going to help my friend Lynn Roberts out um, and work with Annabelle on her stand. So I will be at Wolfest. Just go and look for Lynn Roberts' stand and that's where you will find me all weekend and Annabelle um, selling all of her beautiful crochet wares. So, um, yeah, sorry. Selling all of her beautiful silver crochet wares and um, knitting needles and bits and pieces so come and say hello if you're coming to Wolfest other than that I'm done because <laughs> I need to get this edited and pack up all the things and get my backside to Devon and go and be by the seaside right, going see you next month, bye bye Get your hair game on. I noticed. Wolf Girl is back in town. Check that out. Why?
Hey! And there's more all the way up around my fringe. Ow! Next month, my forehead will be covered. Are you ready? Shall we commence? Come on. You have got stuff to do. Hello and welcome to episode 43 of the Crochet Circle podcast. This one is called Monogamous Me. Um, my name is Faye and I am the host of this podcast. I come to you on the first Friday of every single month and I try to get the podcast out at about 10 o'clock in the morning. If you... Hello and welcome to episode 43 of the Crochet Circle podcast, Monogamous Me. <laughs> How are you all doing? I hope you're well. I'm waving. Um, it's June, it's just at the start of June and um, <laughs> there's so much to... Shut up, shut up, shut up. Third time lucky, just crack on. Hello and welcome to episode 43 of the Crochet Circle podcast. This one is called Monogamous Me. 